Shit. Oh my, let's just do breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Happy freaking new year, huh? It's finally over. That was a good one. Yeah. 2020. What a blast. Oh, I'm going to remember that one, bro. The year had everything. And, uh, yeah, it did. I had scotch, bourbon, <laughs> beer. Man, I put on a tire, man. I've never been heavier. I won't even look at myself getting out of the shower. That's why you stand next to me. Uh, that's exactly why I stand <laughs> next to you. Know what it is to self-loathe. <laughs> exactly. But we're gonna stop doing that in the new year here. You know what I mean? Oh, well, maybe for a month. You know what? Oh boy, man. So it starts. What? You know, uh, Gret Gretchen Wentmer's got a new budget official, the chief of oh, budget. Oh, great. Yeah. You know what? He was working for Duggan, and you know what he did before that? I have no idea. He was the schmuck that put the uh, Flint deal together. Oh, well. Together. He was the, in the middle of a state RICO investigation that seemed to have disappeared once Nestle took office. Now, I'm no genius, but I don't think that's the kind of resume you'd want to be your budget director. I, I mean, can these people just, just go? Can't we start over? It's the new year. They do just go. They go on to the next job, and then the next job, and then they work for the same person that helped them out before. Sweetheart contracts. Oh. Got your fingers all over our money. If there's one left, right, Absolutely. center, we're all mad about it. You know what? You know what Luke Nowacki wants to remind us about? Uh, that what? maybe you're not a big-time city official who can travel with your entourage <laughs> on the city's dime and your birthday, your hat is magically packed with C-notes, or maybe you played high school football with someone connected and you can get that lucrative contract to haul and dump sludge and then the lucrative contract to clean up the disaster you just created or a water system. But if you're not among the elite who can make your pockets fat on the taxpayer's back with no shame in your game, there's a good chance you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and theirs. Never forget theirs. Pension after five years. Really? Yes, Wayne County's got something that you can buy you. If you have questions regarding whether you're on the right track, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets. Your politicians are dependent on you for the additional tax revenue. Those navigators don't lease themselves. Hit it, Mark. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Well, this is the best of 2020. A lot of good things on here. Yeah, and you know so why sleep. we're doing this best of? Uh, why? Because we're lazy and we don't want to come in today. We're, we're sleeping right it's now. New Year's. There's uh, football on. I'm hungover. I'm not, I don't watch any of that anymore. I'm, okay. I'm over it, man. All right, what are we going to do first? Uh, I think one lung foretug, which might have been my favorite story of the year. One lung foretug. Still wondering who got that sandwich. <laughs> One lung four tuck. If you remember, it was, it was the height of the uh, COVID pandemic. This was uh, late April, and uh, he had one lung that he had removed years ago from cancer, and he was being sent to state prison for armed robbery. He was at the county jail. He caught COVID. They locked him to a bed, mm -hmm. and then they thought he was going to die, so they unlocked him, gave him his discharge papers, but he didn't die. This, the story, the miraculous story of one lung four tuck. And David called me this week. And said, he goes, dude, the ballad of one lung four tuck. Whoa. <laughs> he said it was like a movie, like, uh, like LA Confidential that I've never watched. I think it's more <laughs> like a Netflix series. I was waiting on the next episode. Okay. So you yes, guys know. Okay. So this guy 
is he's an armed robber. He's waiting to be sent to the state pen. COVID hits. Nobody's getting sent anywhere except ground zero of all of it is the Wayne County Jail. And very few reporters even refuse to touch it. But it's true. Right. And they take him to the hospital to die and he lives and he's on the lam. And I put the word out on the street. I'm trying to help the guy get him off the street before he gets us all infected, before he dies. And some kids are playing around, poking him with a stick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't need that. We didn't need to do that. So he and I had about a dozen conversations. This is at somewhere about number nine, right? I interviewed him a lot and I was like, oh, geez, why don't record him, get him on the podcast? So here he is. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, David. How are you feeling? I don't feel too bad. You sound, I don't feel too bad. You sound, I'm just laying here. You sound much better than yesterday. Yeah, I think every day I'm improving a little bit more. You only got one lung, because I had my lung removed from lung cancer back in September of 2000. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm a survivor. You're the one. You're the one lung COVID bomb. Yeah. Hey, listen. I I got a question. Okay. Hold on. Let me mute this TV. Okay. Okay. Do you got the release papers that they gave you when you were in the hospital in your death fog? I when I got out, I. I discarded them, but I, I put them under a rock when I was walking from the hospital, so I know where I got them at. You know where they're stashed? Yes. I'd like to find those, because I want to know which judge signed your order. I think it's Judge Bozzi. Well, that's your judge, but was it on the paperwork? The paperwork only said that I had a bond of twenty one fifty. What, $21,500? $1,150. But you didn't pay that. No, I didn't. So they lied. Exactly. Oh, man. To, to be clear, you know, what I know you say you're innocent, but you were going to what? Prison for five years for armed robbery, right? Yeah, which I didn't do, but yes. I had to plead a deal because I'm a four-time habitual. Right, 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 right. You weren't going to beat it. You you were innocent. You had to take it and blah, blah, right? Right. Okay. So you woke up what? You 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 were in the Wayne County Jail. You caught the COVID in there, right? Right. And then uh, how bad were you? I didn't know I had it. Why'd they take you over there then? Because I, um, um... You were sick, but you didn't know you had COVID. Yeah, exactly. And you had one lung. Right. Couldn't breathe. You're having difficulty breathing, yes. So then you go to the hospital and you get worse, huh? Well, you could say that, but it seems like I, I'm pretty resilient. When I had my hiatal hernia surgery, they said I healed quickly. Yeah. I was in the hospital for two months. With a hernia. Uh, We're not talking about your hernia, man. We're talking about the COVID. How you got okay. out. 
So they took you to the hospital and changed you to the bed, right? Right. They thought you were going to die. Right. And, and you walk up one day and the chains were gone, is that right? Well, yeah, they had two guards sitting in the room with me for two days. And then they just got up, unchained me, brought my clothes in, and gave me that bullshit and paperwork. Then what happened? Then I stayed in the hospital until I got up one day in the middle of the night, looked outside, saw that nobody was there, put on my clothes, and I walked out. Like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Exactly. You couldn't believe it. it was a birthday. It was like uh, two to three days after your birthday. Exactly. So they brought you your clothes, right? Right. Your shoes? Yes. With the laces in them? No laces. Oh, they didn't give you your laces back? No. Where did you get the phone, the burner phone? From Metro PCS. Uh, I went over a friend's house. They loaned me $100. I, I took $85 and bought a phone. So let's see if we get this right. You got a raging case of COVID, one lung, you're red hot. For some reason, the deputies unchain you. You lay in bed for two days, uh, casing the joint, wondering if anybody's going to come get you, trying to get a little bit stronger. Then on Friday night, you just decide to make a run for it. Well, I didn't make a run for it. The opportunity presented itself. Yeah. It's like, it's like, let's say I was locked up. I don't know. I'm a big movie buff, but you know, you ever saw that movie 28 Weeks? No. Okay, it was about a zombie end of the world type shit. But anyway, the guy was in a coma. He wakes up, and the pandemic happened, and everybody was dead. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the way I feel. What happened here? You're in a zombie movie. Exactly. <laughs> Shit, we okay. We got a, we got a. What do we got here? We got a four strike, violent felon, with one lung, raging case of COVID, no shoelaces, on the streets of Detroit. You're, that's my life story right now. And and what do you discover when you're out there? Like, uh, I, I'm assuming you walked a lot, but did you take public transportation? Yes. You did. What, did you take the buses? Yeah, they got three bus rides now. And you availed yourself of that? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And you availed yourself of the free buses? If it was available, that's the only way. I can walk as far as I can walk, and then I hopped on the bus. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they got it now that the bus is, uh, you go in through the back door, they got the... They got the uh, social distancing mm -hmm. where you can't sit next to people. Right. I've been trying to be socially responsible, not <laughs> spread it. But I got to get around and I'm, I'm living. I'm not just supposed to just pop up and die. No, you're not. And so you take the bus and when you head to the city limits. Right. Why do you leave the city? Because I thought I could get better care out here in the suburbs. Because the city is a hot spot. 
I'm sure it, it, it just makes sense. If there was a nuclear war, you want to get away from ground zero as much as possible. So this is my, my nuclear war. Yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but you're the guy who's radioactive. What the people we're trying to get away from is you. Well, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to say to that. Fuck it. Fuck it. So you get to the burbs, and what do you do for food? That's why I'm in the hospital. Well, before you got there, you you took a couple of days, right? Yeah, to go I stand. went over to a friend of mine's house. He had some commodity apples. I ate those. Yeah, had some apples. Yeah, you got you got some money for a motel, right? Yeah, she volunteered because she loved me, but she didn't want to put herself in a position because she has her grandson staying with her, and I can understand that she didn't want her grandson getting sick. So she bought you a motel for the night, gave you some right. apples. You got yourself a phone. And you stopped at the gas station, you told me, right? And got yourself a nice sandwich. Exactly. What kind of sandwich? It was a turkey and turkey sandwich or something. Yeah. It was just one of those gas station sandwiches because... Um, wait, wait, turkey and what? Turkey and... Cheese. Tur what kind of cheese? Provolone? Swiss? It had to be white, so it was Swiss. Yeah, you got a turkey in Swiss. What else did they have in the cooler there? But you know, you you were pawing through like uh, egg salad. They had they they had a turkey salad, but I'm not a big turkey salad eater. Right. What what about uh, turkey salad? They have um, corned beef and and rye. I, I didn't see a corned beef. Ham and cheese. Yeah, they had ham and cheese. Um. Yeah. Right there in the cooler there. You know. Right. Right there, radioactive nuclear guy with one lung going through the sandwich. <laughs> this, is, this is amusing to you, isn't it? It is amusing to me, but it's amusingly sad, bro. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you, you know, look. You don't know where life is going to take you. And I got to say to you, look, congratulations. I mean, you hit the lotto here. You're, you're supposed to go to prison. You know, you got one lung. Who knows if you're going to survive those five years, right? Yeah, I, that's why I, I took a deal because uh, I said I'm at the end of my life expectancy. You know, yeah. I was trying to take a deal, the best deal possible, but I didn't do it, Charlie. But uh, I had to, to minimize my losses. You ain't going back to prison, are you, dude? What do you think? No, I'm not. It's not going to do it now, right? They, they they fucked up. You're gone. Right. You got a burner phone. or Okay, you said you're in the hospital. Uh, you're not going to tell me where. Not yet. I got to get your trust. Okay. Well, you're going to convalesce. You got a burner phone. I can't find you that way. You're using an alias, right? Right. You're not in that hospital using your name because, like, once I write this story, they're going to be looking for you. I want to tell you that. Okay. But you, there's I'm nothing prepared. illegal. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, what? I'm prepared. What do you mean you're prepared? You said they're going to be looking for me. I'm going to be prepared for them to look for me. Oh, dude, what does that mean? No, I'm, I'm not threatening anything. I'm not a violent person. Says the four-time felon. 
serious. I, I belonged in a mental hospital, not jail. Yeah, your, your girlfriend told me you're bipolar and you get you get a little bit crazy when you don't have your meds. Exactly. But they just gave me my meds this morning. But you, they put you out of the jail and then they, they didn't give you any meds, did they? When they put you out of jail. Oh, dude. So wait a minute, let me get this, let's, let's review. A one lung, bipolar, shoelaceless, four-time violent felon with a raging case of COVID on the city buses, making his way to the gas station sandwich cooler in the suburbs. Yes, that's a quick synopsis. Damn, bro. Okay, so you, you got an alias, you're convalescing, you spent the night in a motel, got those sheets all dirty. Now, now that woman that changed those sheets doesn't know if she got it, right? Worried about her. Shit. Think about that. Did you think about that? Yeah, I thought about it. What'd you think? I mean, what are you going to do, I guess, right? What can I do? It's a zombie apocalypse, bro. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm a little bit angered. Like I said, congratulations to you for hitting the lotto. You're, you're out there completely legal. Complete, you're completely legal. You've broken no laws. Some judge and some sheriff's official got rid of you, and you're out there, but I'm outraged that they would throw you away like that and expose the rest of us like that. Yeah, I don't want to contaminate anybody. Fuck. So you're going to get better, and what are you going to do? You're going to hit the state line? You out of here? That's the goal. The proverbial midnight train to Georgia? I don't know if it'll be Georgia, but... Because I've been there, done that. Yeah, just proverbial means proverb means, you know, that not necessarily Georgia. It could be the proverbial train to Arkansas, but there's no song like that. Maybe South Dakota. South Dakota. I was, I was talking to a phlebotomist. She said I can get a job. It's only six weeks. So when I get out, I'll still be 50. I'll be 58. Maybe I'll reinvent myself as a nurse. In the nursing field. But you're only 53 right now, so you're already, are you telling me you're resigned to the fact that you probably are going to prison? I know I'm going to eventually get caught. Yeah, but you're going to make a run for it anyway. It's called survival. Damn, dude. Damn. Fuck. So how fucked up is how fucked up is it in that jailhouse? It's bad. <clears throat> Give me a quick little rundown. I was in a ten man cell with one ten man pod with uh, ten different guys. There's no social distancing there because. When you go to watch TV, you got to stand up and watch TV through the bars. So that's all I did. So that's how I got close to people. But yeah. there had to be a depth in there that brought it in. Because we heard that the depths, there were so many depths catching it. You know. About 200 of them, dude. Really? Yeah. They had the, did you ever go see the doctor in there? Remember the big fat doctor, Dr. Angelo? I never saw the doctor there. 
Yeah, well, the two doctors are dead. The commander of the jail is dead. The chief corporal is dead. 200 sheriff's employees got this shit. And nobody will say, how many of you guys? I think, why do you think they let you go? I know what I think. In what way? That I could uh, eventually sue them. Yeah, here's the thing. I talked to those deputies. They thought you were going to die anyway. Right? There's like no way. They had you on a machine. You had one lung. They're like, he's checking out. So they released you. The theory amongst those guys, and me too, is there's one of three things. If you died in their custody, you become a statistic and an embarrassing one. Two, it takes six deputies around the clock to guard you, and they want to save money. Number three, if you're indigent, which you are, and you, and you're uh, in their custody, they got to pay your hospital bill. So if they cut you loose before you die, the bill goes with you to the grave. Any way you slice it, you didn't die. Right. You're like a cockroach, bro. You're just never going to die in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I'll be a cockroach. All the way to Georgia. I got family down in Georgia. Uh, really? No shit. Yeah, I got a sister down there. She moved down there after I moved down there. I moved back eight years ago because my mother was in bad shape. But she ended up passing away. So you really got nobody in life, do you? I got my daughter. She ain't gonna take you. No. You burned that bridge, didn't you? Be honest with me. She loves you, but you can't live with her. If I know a guy like you, she don't want yeah, you. Yeah. I burned a lot of bridges, Charlie. Well, hard luck, you know, I mean, that's that's the life. I, I'm not gonna hate you. You never murdered anybody, did you? I know. Okay, look, you got a birthday present here, right? You got a couple of... They're going to get you. Right. And I, but, you know, I, I know you're going to run, just like the movie. Fuck it, give it a shot. You're the, you're the one long running man. But, you know, take this opportunity, sniff the, the, the clean air. You got a second lease on life. Turn yourself around, man. Don't fuck up no more. Yeah, I'm trying, Charlie. Maybe, I don't know, man. I, you know, maybe this COVID thing will... Past because the you know the COVID's in the prisons, man. So either way, yeah, they don't tell us nothing. We just hear it through the grapevine. Give me one more thing before I hang up, because I you know I got to get on with the day here. But tell me which gas station you went to, so I don't fucking go there and go through the sandwich rack. <laughs> Well, there we go. Mobile gas station in the suburbs. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do Sunoco, bro. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, well, listen. Uh, any, anything else? Any message for the leadership out there? Like, if, if it wasn't you, I mean, they, they fucked up letting you go. I mean, you know, would you be outraged if you were me? Yes. Yeah, I would be. And you were watching TV in the in the hospital in the jail, right? Right. You see the silly shit they're talking about. The governor on Saturday Night Live, and you know. I well, we don't. They had ten o'clock cutoff, 
so we didn't, uh, they locked us down at 10 o'clock, so we couldn't get to Saturday Night Live. But I saw a snippet today of uh, the parody of the governor. It's kind of silly, isn't it? Like what they're talking about in the media with the makeup and the and the uh, fake press conferences. Like you are 10,000 light years away from the bullshit they're talking about on TV. You're the real deal. You're really what's happening. Yes. I mean, you're on. I never, I never thought life would end up like this, but you gotta roll with the punches. All right, dude. Well, take care of that lung of yours, and uh, I'll holler at you later. Okay, thanks, Charlie, for right. checking on me. See you, bro. Okay, bro. He's leaving. Leaving. On that midnight train to Georgia. Well, how about that, huh? He's alive and well and still sitting in the county jail. No word on if uh, anybody got those papers under the rock. Where he's and, uh, you know, I wanted to look back at 2020 and, uh, you know, recognize the passing of everybody, in fact. You know, yeah. every, everybody, but uh, specifically Benny Napoleon, Sheriff Benny Napoleon at that jail. It gives you a different outlook on that story actually knowing it now i'm being dead serious it's crazy i'm still angry about the, the lack of response to cleaning that place up from the governor to the county executive mm -hmm. to the attorney general this is what happens you have to see it coming and you have to be proactive yep and you know god bless you benny napoleon and his family um let me remind you about adr consultants help you navigate through the difficult world of covid right improve your bottom line, cut your costs, get your processes in shape and in order. Nothing's too big, nothing's too little. Police departments, municipalities, your company. Call ADR consultants who are experts in procurement, government compliance, information technology, property management, honest, ethical, smart. Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Go with ADR. Get the job done right, on time, on budget. 248-318-9424. 9424. Very good friends of the show. Another big story, of course, was the election. Donald Trump, the debates. Remember Proud Boys? Oh, yeah. Proud Stan, Boys. What was it? Are they still standing by? And what stand. Was by? What was it? That's funny. It was such a big deal for a while. And now we can't remember. Was it stand, stand down and stand by? Down and stand by. You got it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even know if he knew who the Proud Boys were. You know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I think he knew them as they supported him. By the end of it, he knew him. Oh, yeah. But you know what? We did, too. I knew the dude way, the, the founder. I knew him way back in the day. He founded Vice Magazine. Mm -hmm. He was actually a hipster who majored in women's wow, studies. That's crazy. I know. So this is the interview of the year. I'll make you proud of your boy. Gavin McKinnon is with us. He's in the news. Here's why the debates, they're asking Trump to disavow white nationalism, racism, et cetera, 
uh, play the clip. Listen, right problem. Boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left. Did did he say he certainly the fuck did. Really? He said, yeah, what do you want to call him? Go ahead. Tell me. He said, the but Proud Boys. Like, okay, Proud Boys, stand down and stand back. But we have to worry about Antifa. Did you say Proud Boys, stand down and stand back? He did a general command. He's the general of the I control the Proud Boys, Donald. Do not stand down. Do not stand back. Gavin, do you control the Proud Boys? You disavowed them a couple of years ago after a, a brawl with the left lefties in uh, in New York City. You disavowed them. Are you in charge of them? No, I did not disavow. I'm not in control. That was a joke. But um, I quit because I was forced to quit by the FBI. They were framing the group as a gang and throwing people in prison using RICO, saying that we're a gang. And a gang has two conditions. You have a leader and you do illegal activities. We didn't do illegal activities. So they said, uh, well, you're still a gang because you have a leader. I go, I'm not the leader. I quit. And I, I killed their case. But aren't you a gang? I mean, you tell guys, go out there and beat ass. Go out there and beat no. some lefty ass. Yeah. Beat ass if, if someone beats your ass. You have to defend yourself. Don't start fights. But finish them. That's what we were all taught in high school when I was a kid. Do you think not uh, not being their leader is a little uh, maybe plausible deniability to where you can still, you know, your message to them is still very strong. So maybe a, a leader by proxy. Yeah, my message to them is you're doing a great job, boys. It's the greatest men's club in the world. It's better than the Knights of Columbus. And I'm a Knight of Columbus. In fact, it was inspired by the Knights of Columbus. But Proud Boys are the only ones who fought back. They don't go to Antifa's things. They don't pick fights. They don't chase people down on the street. But in a world where Antifa is doing that on a daily basis, they're the first ones to say, stop it, or you're going to get a broken nose. But they're, what, are, what are they fighting back against? No one's attacking them. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? No, seriously. What are they fighting? Are they a representation of the government? Trump supporters on a daily basis. Every time there's a free speech rally and Coulter does a talk. Michelle Malkin does a talk. Lauren Southern does a talk. They're pepper spraying. They're pepper sprayed me in the face. I couldn't see anything. And when I did a talk at NYU regularly at the Plurable, they're hurling bricks. They're hurling feces. They're hurling urine. At all my talks, they hurl those three things. At the Plurable, they were, they were hurling all that stuff. And they were hurling batteries. And Project Veritas caught them planning a gas attack. They derailed trains. There's a okay. they just killed the Okay, guy. but this shit's getting this shit's getting stupid though, dude. No, 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 no down. Don't do that shit, Mark. Leave it up. Um, I'm in all of this stuff, bro. Right? I, Ferguson, Berkeley, you name it. It's getting out of hand. When you look at Portland, these are your guys, and they're driving by unloading paint guns on people, right? So why, why would you spend one second focusing on that 1% of fighting back and ignore the 99% of four months of rioting, burning, arson, murder? Like, what is... What don't do get me wrong. Days? No, 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 man. Don't get me wrong. Fuck those guys. Completely fuck those guys. But also, fuck your guys if we're going to go out there and start tearing up this country. I'm not into that. This, by the way, this you're from Canada, right? Yes. Okay, are you a citizen here? Yes. Why don't you take the shit to Canada and let me handle 
this place and you handle your place. You're not handling shit. What are you doing? You're sitting on your ass. Me? How how are you fighting back again? (laughs) All right. What I'm doing is focusing on the thing that's causing the discontent, which is the corrupt government sending jobs away, stealing from school children. That's where it's at, dude. That's where the fight's at. Not with each other. Look, are you you guys? Go on. Trump is the most anti-government president we've ever had. He's the most libertarian president we've ever had. He's as anti-gov. He's more anti-government than Ron Reagan, which was our last good president. But Antifa are regularly going to right-wing events, Trump events, and kicking the shit out of people, stabbing them, throwing. Lauren Southern has had been drenched in piss twice. Should you not fight back? Yeah, like, absolutely. Why focus on the paintball gun? When there is an entire country on fire. Exactly the point. And I don't think guys roaming around looking to beat each other's ass going to put the flames out. They're not roaming around looking to beat each other's ass, beat anyone's ass. They're not roaming around. That's a lie. They are going to rallies that they organize, Mm. having a barbecue alone. Then Antifa shows up and they fight back. So should we just let Antifa take over the country? Is that what you're saying? I don't think they are. Like I'm out there. I, I know who they are. Oh, and they're a group. That They're a group. There's no doubt about that. It's not some loose affiliation. I see them. I see them smashing shit. I see them rioting. I see them stealing shit. I'm not for them. I'm not for any of this shit. See, you told me not to go mess with them. What's that? You just told me not to go mess with yeah, them. Yeah, let, let the fucking police do it. Yeah. They're told to stand down. Ted Wheeler told the police <sighs> to stand down. They're letting Antifa out of jail. I did a talk once, okay, two years ago, October 12th. Antifa mobbed a dude, a journalist, beat the shit out of him, took his equipment, right? Zero charges, nothing. It was Finbar Slonim, Caleb uh, Kai Russo, and Caleb Perkins. Those three guys were the only ones that, that were charged, and they, they got away, no bail, no parole, nothing. Proud Boys got jumped by Antifa. Antifa threw a bottle of urine at them. They beat up the, the Antifa for doing that. Four years in prison. This is what's going on in America. There is a disproportionate punishment on patriots, and Antifa are literally getting away with murder. Are you a racist? Not only am I not a racist, I deny that it's a thing. White supremacy is not a thing. There was 300 assholes in Charlottesville with tiki torches. That's about it out of 331 million. The KKK is not a thing. Why are we talking about fucking racism all the time? Have you ever come across a white supremacist? <laughs> well, yeah, we come across them all the time, actually. So I, I think that it's disingenuous. Now, hold on, time out. Yeah, racism is a thing. And for uh, for people of color and black people in this country, it's a daily thing. So you may not be aware of it, but yeah, it does oh, exist. What you say? Now, there's racism against say? whites. There's lots of anti-Semitism. I said there's racism against whites. Okay. From who? Look at the crime stats. Okay, we but that doesn't. Okay, dancing around killing. You have hate crimes against whites that go totally unnoticed. I'll ag- so you're I, mixing I, hate crimes and racism. I, I'll agree. I will agree with that too. I, I've written the fact that look, twice as many white people just by sheer numbers get dropped by cops. There's a class issue. Just so it happens, black people get dropped more. The poorer you are, 
the rowdy you are, and the more rowdy you are, the more the police come. So the more police you have in your life. We got what seven percent of the population committing fifty percent of the violent crime. That's playing Russian roulette. You're going to end up dead eventually, dead or in prison. That's the way crime works. True as that may be, like you say, you're not a racist, but you say you're a Western chauvinist, right? Yes. Well, and what's funny about the West is it's anti-racist. Western culture was the first culture to say it's about meritocracy. Come here and bust your ass. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. What? Look, let's look. We both went to college. Let's let's break these words down. West means Europe. That's white. Chauvinism means, means a rabid yeah. loyalty. A rabid hey, loyalty to white culture. Eastern means what's Eastern? It's Russia and China, basically. 50% of Eastern culture is white. I hate Russia. I hate the Soviet Union. I hate communism. That's all white. This, this need to inject racism into everything is fucking dull. Hey, if you're a chess enthusiast, if you love chess. No, I don't get that. You, you just went by me there. You just went by me. Chess players or Russia? You just went by me. What? We, you just went, Western chauvinism. That's European loyalty. So you might have black people or a brown guy running around, but your bylaws are saying you must show fealty to Western chauvinism. The great thing about this country is it borrows from everybody. Did you hear me? Sort of. No. Go on. What is Eastern culture? When you say the East. I could say the South. I could say Latin. Asia. Asia. They think of China. Asia. Arabia. When you, I understand. But when you think of the Eastern, non-Western culture, you're basically thinking of Russia and China. That is white. Stop Asia. making it a white or black huh? thing. What? culture communism is white we are anti-communist okay yeah so, western because- european come on man okay most of uh most of western <laughs> culture is based uh, a lot on christianity uh is it anti-muslim because there's the incident of the caravan uh to the city in new york where um islamburg new york i think is what it was mm-hmm. where the proud boys went up there is it an anti-islam group I don't see Islam as very compatible with the West. That's a much better argument. But what you what you weaklings don't understand about Islamburg is it's part of a cabal. It goes all the way down to New Mexico. All of these little hideouts where these Muslims go, it's not some sweet old lady who went there to get away from Islamophobia. They do training there. There's footage of them doing training there. They're all ex-cons. But why? Who wait, 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 wait. They all, all worship the same Pakistani iman. Wait a minute now. It's a Muslim cult in Here, Islamburg. Here's, I know what Islamburg is. Right? And I was there before you knew about it, when you were going to liberal arts college in Montreal, when you were studying women's studies, right? When you okay. hadn't had your first fist fight yet. You didn't even have a fist fight until you're 30. Fist, well, before I was at liberal arts school at the age of 20. Uh, how oh, about I know your friends. I know your friends. You were not ever in a fist fight. That don't call me a weakling, man. Right. Don't see that's bullshit. That don't what? call me a weakling. I, I right now I will challenge you for charity. I will give it to school, okay? And you can give it to whatever zany shit you're doing. I challenge you to a three rounds no hold bar. You take that. Pay per view. I would do I'd that. Box. I'd love to see you, but that won't make that won't change the argument. You will just have been a guy that Gavin McKinnis knocked out. You'll still be wrong. Do you know about the kid who starved to death in New Mexico? 
Say what? Wait, wait, wait. The kid. The kid that starved to death? It's a terrible connection. In New Mexico, the same Muslim cult that is that is in Islamburg is also in New Mexico. They starved a kid to death there as punishment. The media was totally silent about it. Islamburg is part of that same cult. Well, but why do you think it's up to the this group, the Proud Boys, to maybe um, show up there as opposed to the government or the police? I know you do, you don't like what the mayor of Portland said, but that doesn't mean that uh, they're not supposed to be in charge of it. Why not? Why not join the police? Because no oh, one no. else is. They did. The plenty of cops were Proud Boys, and they all got fired for it. No one else is standing up for American values. And by the way, isn't it strange what, that we're sitting here talking about a, a ten minute motorcade where they just drove mostly bikers by the way drove through islamburg through the main street and that was that and there was all kinds of busts by the way related to islamburg they realized that radicals are there so all we did was point a finger and we're talking about it on a news show okay where is talk about antifa's crimes why is there this myopic obsession with the right farting in church or not crossing a t or dotting their eye and then total oblivious. Well, let like, me let me do this. Okay, so listen, let's find out about you because you got a really interesting background. Liberal Arts College in Montreal, and then you move to Brooklyn. Hipster. Born in born in England, by the way, yeah, from you, Scottish. So you're 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 an immigrant. Your your dad yeah. is an immigrant. He's Scottish. Grew up upper yeah. middle class. He's an engineer, I believe. Blue collar, <laughs> poor as rocks. His toes are crippled like this because his shoes didn't fit. Hmm. There you go. That's but I grew up middle class, yes. Okay. And then you started Vice. The, 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 the irony of all ironies is everybody walking around here with their tattoos and their black rim glasses, you're the godfather of modern hipsterism. You were the juice, the founder, and the thinker behind what we now know as Vice. Vice TV, yes, Vice Magazine. I'm a charismatic and intelligent human being who works hard. And what that does is it tends to develop a following. And if, if people want me to be a leader, I'll be a leader. But I also encourage autonomy. Like the Proud Boys were, were, were given chapter autonomy. You have the tenets, which include anti-racism, by the way. What are the other and tenets? What are the other tenets? Their own thing. Free to sell their own merch. All that other shit. What's so, yeah. It? I started a few things. You did. I started the two most important youth culture movements of my uh, adulthood, which is hipsters and proud boys. And then you had like, you were tight with Hollywood, like Jimmy Kimmel, Sarah Silverman. I remember you guys running around the Lower East Side, Max Fish, Cokies out there in fucking Williamsburg where you got all the blow and shit. And then you started going nuts. You started dabbling in the, in the white power shit and they disavowed you and you Take got kicked out of ice. Take that back. Take what back? Dabbling in the white power shit. Didn't you? No. This when is, I haven't changed. It's the background that's changed. And now, if you like Trump because he's anti-government, you're somehow a racist or a Nazi or into white power. The Proud Boys are just like the hipsters. There's tons of drugs. They're socially liberal. They're parting their asses off. They're listening to Andrew W.K. It's the same as hipsters, really. But the hipsters lost their balls and the Proud Boys have balls. This white power narrative is so fucking pedantic. No, you might you might be you might be throwing some 
fancy words in there, dude, but I know this country. See, you've lived in Montreal, hipster Brooklyn, and fancy pantsy Westchester. I've lived all around this motherfucker, and I'm going to tell you what. I've lived all over the fucking world. The, I lived in China. I've done nothing but traveling. I did that, too. I did that, too. I mean live. Live, not visit. So those dudes in Portland are not hipsters. Those dudes in Charlottesville are not hipsters. So whatever you Probably think's going on, Charlottesville. Stop whatever you think is going on, dude, the people that are vibing with your message are not what you're putting out here. That's not true. They're running That's people true. over. You're full of shit. Oh, I Proud am. Boys Proud boys are not racist. 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 Why aren't Proud you in are why aren't you in Portland? Why are you in a fancy garage and you're not out on the street commanding the troops? Why aren't you in the middle of it? Because I'm not the leader of the fucking Proud Boys. I've done the street fighting. I was fighting Nazi skinheads in the late 80s as a punk rocker. I've had my fucking time on the streets beating the shit out of assholes. But they need Other you now. Now's the, I guess them. now's the war that you say. You say there's a war. Get out there and beat people's ass. Why aren't you out there doing your part? I've done my part. It's and I not don't say, over. Beat people's ass. I say defend yourself. And I do. I was fighting this. I've fought Antifa a hundred times. They fucking, they created this monster in a sense. We were just a drinking club having fun with blacks, gays, Jews, all together, still together. And then Antifa would come to our talks, our events, and try to fight us. So we beat them up. And that's a crime, I guess. Defending yourself is a crime, according to you. And it's racist somehow. Oh, that no. Black people. Oh, no, what? no. What? People don't know me. No, that, I ain't, that ain't me, bro. I'm going to take, take down a mugger. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight for, for everybody. But All right. did, fight for that. did look. Fight that. What what are the tenants here? Like, is it you guys? Like, you're not supposed to to jack off because you keep your manly essence for yourself. No, you fucking for, loser. You're incapable of understanding humor. Has it occurred oh, to humor. anyone that a group called the Proud Boys has a sense of humor? When when I was in high school, if you farted or burped and didn't say safety, someone else could call slut and they beat you up until you could name five breakfast so it's, cereals. It's, oh yeah, that's, that's what you guys did. Okay, <laughs> Proud Boys do the same thing. It's a funny game. We also noticed one oh, time we. Gavin, is that, that's a child. If that's a high school game, aren't you adults? Like, what do? You, what is that? What's the point? What's the purpose? Yeah, adults, adults like to do stupid shit. Sometimes we oh, like so fart jokes. We yeah, like purple nurples. We like to chug beer. Like stupid stuff. Stupid adults like to do stupid no. stuff. Not every adult. That's stupid to me. No, when men are. Are spending their leisure time. They tell rude jokes. They do dumb shit. Not only is that a fun American pastime, it helps define America. Being a dumb jerk off is what America is. We're not aristocrats. We don't wear monocles. Western We're not chauvinism. civilized. We work on cars and we get dirty. Now, with the beating off thing, we, we tried that as a joke. We said, let's see if we can go 10 days without beating off. And then we noticed, holy crap. I'm having a great day. I'm whistling when I walk down the street. And they said, okay, let's do a new rule. From now on, you can only ejaculate within a yard of your significant other with her permission. A silly game we made up, and it improved our lives. It got millennial men off the couch because they had to go get laid. Mm -hmm. And it improved marriages because husbands were no longer beating off to porn. And now they try to turn into this draconian rule. 
You may not masturbate. They take all our jokes and turn them into this like clan rule because they're obsessed with an America that's been dead for at least 50 years. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let that hang a minute. Unintended. So, shit. Well, wow. Wow. Hang. Do the Proud Boys have a PR problem then? I think America has a PR problem. Do the Proud Boys have a PR problem? I think that American kids are taught from K through 12 that America was stolen from the Indians and built by slaves. And it's an illegal institution rife with systemic racism. That is the issue right there. That's true. That's true. That's part of the story. That is part of the story. That's part of the story. It was stolen from the Indians. It was built with slave labor. No. No. What do you know in fucking Canada? Of course it was. The fucking ridiculous. What are you doing? A, Dude, what on. are you doing? That's ridiculous. Let me tell you like fuck? all countries, you fucking boob. Like all countries, it was a war. 400 years we fought the Indians. Okay. What a worthy adversary. 400 years. We fought the Nazis. For like and took years. it and took it and then and then and then brought over indentured people to fucking pick the cotton. Come on, God, dude, you can't you can't do this. You're not, you're not clearing this bar. How do you explain this? How do you explain a black dildo up your ass? Roll that. What is that? A joke. What is what is a joke about having a black dildo up your ass? You can interrupt, and then we're going to end the show, all right? Okay. 400 years, we fought the Indians. We fought with them. We fought against them. They fought on our side. We fought on their side. Back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, after generations of war, we won. Same with Japan and the Ainu. Same with the Aztecs in Mexico. That's what happens with countries. You fight and fight and fight and eventually win. Then we start a new country. And that's ground zero. That's the beginning what of the What about country. the slavery part? Shit. America didn't exist before America existed. A, B, the slavery thing. Yes, slavery was abhorrent out of 10 oh, million, 11 million news. slaves oh, that news. blacks and Arabs traded to the rest of the world. We didn't start slavery. We ended it. The West ended slavery. You're welcome for that, by the way. And <laughs> at, at, at Civil War, Sharon. the balance was negative. Wow. We were in debt at the Civil War. So any money what? that what? was built up by slaves, which was what? 2% of the population owned slaves. We got 350,000 out of the 10 million that were exported. No one talks about Brazil. They got what? 3 million. We're not talking about Brazil. I don't live in Brazil or Canada. I live in, I live in Detroit. I'm telling you, dude. Civil War with a negative bank what balance. A nut. And it's part of the butt plug, which you seem to think is some sort of Achilles heel. We were watching Hillary Clinton on my comedy show. We just had a porn star on the show. There was a butt plug there. And I go, I, look, she dances like she's got something up her ass. I bet I could dance better than her with something on my ass. I grabbed the dildo, put it in between my butt cheeks, and started dancing around. And I was dancing better than Hillary. It was funny. Let me see. Let's roll you, that tape. I, I want to see it. I can't see it. Let me you, see if it's funny. You lost your sense of fun. You've lost color. No, I like so fun. And you have no sense of fucking fun anymore. What? what, what that's fun? From the Holy comedy shit. show, pretending it's some I look sort fun of red. Oh, Fun. Fun. Fucking weird. No tact. Like hilarious. It's weird. 
not funny Fucking at all. Weird, They're not bro. funny. You're a boring old cow. Karen's hot for an old cow, bro. You're all boring losers. Oh, no. No, real. Here, hey, Red, stick that pencil in my ass. <laughs> that shit look funny. No, thank you. Come on. <laughs> my wife once, her, her pinky got up in my ass when we were doing it, you know, after I masturbated a three feet from her <laughs> they got, well, that's that went up in there and that shit hurt dude i'm not doing that St listen yeah listen well, you know, did, does your agent think going from like you were on fox you were on the red eye speaking of who's my agent man. i don't have an agent no i mean was 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 moving towards white supremacy a good career move because you're like, a fucking uh, boob and a loser <laughs> and the fact that you guys are obsessed with white supremacy makes you as juvenile as a fucking dumb feminist in college with purple hair. Oh, that, that reminds me. Your politics. You, you, anyway, you, 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 did, you, did, you, you studied women's studies. And he's gone. Oh, great. Good. Hmm. We made him yeah, so mad he hung up. The other one I wanted to get to was he's a women's studies. Yeah, you uh, mentioned that. Uh, major, right? And then he's out here calling um, single mothers child abusers. Because to be a single mother is to have abused your child. And believe me. That life is not easy. But for those of us that come from it, Red, you? No. no. Karen, you? For most of it, yes. Yes. I love single mothers. God what? bless them. Fuck what? you. Curse. Nazi what punk fuck off. What the hell was that? That was the most... I, I know you brought him on for, for a perspective about that group. That was the most ignorant, offensive conversation I have ever been privy to. Here's the he deal. Was, ugh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Karen. I apologize. That's okay. I was about to curse, so thank you for stopping me. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Because I, I want you to hear. I want you to hear what that is. This, this, is, this is a bunch of assholes, and there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of these guys. Look yeah. at them. Yeah. Masturbating. Dildos up your butt. That's stupid. And by the way, fucker, I challenged you to a fight and you didn't take it. I do it for charity because you don't know how to fight. I know who you are. What you did was you lost your mind because all your buddies took your creation and made a billion fucking dollars. Mm -hmm. You created a club to self-aggrandize yourself, right? And it, got, it ran away. It turned into a monster. It turned into a fucking monster. So you dabble with right wingism, and your career's fucked up. You know what I love, Mark? Um, conies. I love a good coney dog. Right? How, how did I guess that? Out of all the things I could have guessed, I happened to guess that because we rehearsed before oh, we just did right. this bit. Yeah. You know, where this is pre-taped. This, this this happened last year. <laughs> Actually, I'd be more upset if I got it wrong. Then <laughs> remember, there's only one one true Coney Island, right? And that's American Coney Island. It's Detroit's oldest family-run restaurant and the birthplace, the actual birthplace of the famous Detroit Coney dog, chili with no tomato base, mustard and Vidalia onions, right? The sausage snaps when you bite it. Mm. That's because they're roast weenies. That's right. It's the best kind of weenies. Right? A nice roast weenie in your bun. How about that? Huh? <laughs> that snaps, <laughs> yes, I guess. Snaps. Snap. Downtown at the corner of Lafayette and Michigan Avenue. Can't miss it. It's the red, white, and blue building. Open, geez, I don't know when. You know, just go there for just lunch. Go there, yeah. And it's open till 10 o'clock on Fridays and Saturdays until 
whatever. I don't even know until what. Until you're full. But definitely send a Coney Island kit for uh, for any occasion, right? For the Super Bowl, for your father's birthday, right? It's the Coney with all the fixing right to your door. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Uh, I sent one to Oakland, California earlier yeah. this year. Man, when they were in the midst of a pandemic and all the homeless they have there, Oakland being a sister city to Detroit. I lived in them both, right? Yeah. So my buddy Brian Kranz, who's a genius, I sent him a Coney kit and asked him, to go feed the homeless in the in time of the COVID crisis. And uh, this is a really brilliant report he sent back. No bullshit. First thing I did was wash my hands. Then I opened up what arrived in the mail. The American Coney Island kit. All wrapped up in plastic. Next, I had to put on the hat. That made it official, so I could get into assembling some dogs. I started with the onions. Then I fired up a grill pan to get the natural casing nice and crispy. And put my own special touch on the chili. Okay, now I know that it says to add a cup of water to the chili, but I'm gonna cheat. I mean, I got some homemade broth that I made last week. Now I give that little extra, a little extra. Then it was tinfoil, bun, dog, chili, onion, and finally mustard. Repeated that 11 more times, packed them all back into their box, and loaded them into my car. Turn the heated seat on, keep them dogs warm. I knew where I was going because it's where most people in Oakland would like to be. At the Coliseum, watching an A's game. Garcia and the A's have won it! While there aren't any sports fans around, there are still plenty of people at the Coliseum who could use a lot more than just a hot dog. The city has recently opened a site for people living in RVs nearby, calling it Operation Home Base. It's a COVID-19 isolation trailer program. It will use 67 trailers donated by the state to bring homeless and vulnerable people into isolation in East Oakland so they avoid contracting... But those dozens of trailers don't do much for the rest of the more than 28,000 people experiencing homelessness in the Bay Area, many living in conditions the United Nations has called a human rights violation. You know, I was going for like two years, came back out here, and it just was horrible. It's gotten really, 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 really bad homelessness, so. That includes Danielle, who lives with her boyfriend in an orange tent next to a concrete staircase that typically ushers A's fans into the Coliseum. Danielle's from Oakland, born and raised. Right now, her four kids are staying with her mom nearly 70 miles away in Stockton. She's looking forward to seeing them again soon. You know. As soon as this quarantine is lifted, you know, my mom was like, I love you, but you come to my door, I'm not opening the door. <laughs> because, you know, the kids... I think my mom would say that to me. Yeah, right and, I, and, I, and I told her, I'm, and that's, she protected my kids, you know, you know what I mean? And I, don't, I would hate, you know, to be the one, you know, to bring that to them, you know. I, I don't think it, I would, you know what I mean? But you can never be too careful, you know what I mean? Danielle and her boyfriend have been homeless since last July. They couldn't get into the city's new RV park nearby because they don't have an RV. But they're trying to get something. For like a tough shed, you know, it's like a big shed, and, and you can just live in those until you're able to, uh, you know, get your apartment or something. Right now, Danielle's hoping for something, anything, like a stimulus check, even though she and her boyfriend haven't had much luck with work in the past. 
he got hurt at work. It's just been a long, you know, it's been like a domino effect thing. But, I mean, everything happens for a reason. Just, you know, just makes me stronger. Strive to be better and know I'm not going to be homeless no more after this. <laughs> this is the last time. Danielle was happy to take four Coney dogs, two for her and two for her boyfriend, and went back into her tent. I barely made it two blocks when right past the Coliseum BART station, I made eye contact with a man sitting on a pile of his belongings on the sidewalk. He gestured like he was bringing a spoon to his mouth, the universal sign of hunger. I pulled over behind a row of RVs and a dozen tents, directly below the BART tracks. I do have food! Soon, a young man in black rim glasses using a blue t-shirt as a face mask approached me, ready to help. Oh, they call me badass. Badass? But you can call me Bart for short. All right, cool. So what we got, what we got here is, these were sent to me today from American Coney Island. So if anyone's ever been to Detroit, they're going to recognize these hot dogs. And my assignment was to literally just go feed some people. Okay. So I'm glad you're with me. I can help you with that job, you know. I'm always <laughs> feeding people every day. You know what I'm saying? It's a priority to me. My people need some help out here, you feel me? Even though these bad times going on with the little, uh, the little, what's that, COVID-19? COVID-19. COVID-19, you know. These people need help out here, though, you know. Bart quickly took the remaining eight hot dogs and distributed them to the people there. A young woman who was drying out her wet hair, two guys working on a car, and this man who was proud of how his campmates were handling the pandemic. And nobody here is sick, and nobody here got the, got the virus. This here been a virus-free zone, and uh, we like it like that, so this is one of the safe places to be. right here. But no one can really be so sure, because there aren't enough tests yet. We need tests, a vaccine, and a lot more help from anyone. No matter what, I don't care how much Donald Trump out there, you feel me, giving out all the money. But some of these people don't know how to do that to get the money that he's giving out. You know? Some of these people need that type of help. I couldn't help them with navigating the federal government's bureaucracy, but I did have some hot dogs, and people seemed happy about that. A dog just to eat on, you feel me? Some people need this stuff. There aren't many people who'd turn down a hot dog on a warm May evening, especially that close to the ballpark, even if it's much quieter now. Like Detroit, Oakland has a tough, gritty survivalist spirit forged through generations of hard labor that would eventually be priced out of their own homes. Sheltering at home, after all, is even more difficult when you don't have a home and leadership that's slow to come to your aid. Still... To get through all this together, we're going to need a lot more Coney dogs. Reporting for the No Bullshit News Hour, this is Brian Krantz in Oakland, California. There's the bright spot of 2020. What's that? Red. Red is a bright spot. You know what's another bright spot? What's, a, who, what's another bright spot? Uh, mortgage rates are at an all-time low. That is an I mean, amazing record. bright spot. I mean, that's, that's a bright spot. That's a huge bright spot. And, you know, as everybody's scratching to find money... There's money right there in your home. Refi. You can actually refi. Save money. Doesn't mean your value went down. It just means you're making lesser payments because they're charging you less. Mm -hmm. Right? The appraisals, I'm hoping they will run them. 
I better not say it. Go to to davidhallmortgage.com, right? And see what what your options are. Do you need a broker? They can, a real estate agent, they can hook you up with that. Do you need a virtual appraisal? They can hook you up. What do you want your terms of the loan to be? Like you mean 15 or Yeah, they'll guide you through that, yeah. Everything. You'll get personal service. That's what they're known for. That's why they have thousands of five-star reviews. And I'm not joking. I use them. Mark's used them, right? Go to davidhallmortgage.com. That's davidhallmortgage.com, 248-308-5000. Okay? Do it, folks. That's the thing to do this year. Make your resolution. Save yourself some money. Refi your home. And if you're looking for one, they get the job done in 10 days or less. Perfect. Okay. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention, NMLS number 1467435. Never figured out what NMLS is. Remember last week? I, yeah. I spent the whole week Googling it. And I by the magic of radio, it just happened three minutes ago while we were, we were cutting these shows. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, we uh, casinos are open again. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't they be? Well, eh. COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, earlier this year when they first opened... Uh, we sent Red to go see. What a brave man! How safe they were, and then remember, uh, after, then he went down. Yeah. After he did this, I said, "My man on the street told me there's something to look for." I went, and then we we caught him. We caught we caught dealers with the COVID, and they weren't telling us. So this is the genesis of all of that. This is comedian Red becomes a reporter at the casino. Soon as I got in the door, I felt like my chances to catch Corona went up and my chances to hit a jackpot went the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. You're asking me why? Let me tell you. The first thing I noticed was the supposed being hands cleaning. That's where they supposed to be cleaning everything once everybody touch it. The only thing I saw that was enhanced cleaning was the same old cleaning lady with the same old cleaning cart pushing it around with a t-shirt that said cleaning team. I even looked for the rest of her team members. Never found them. How the fuck are you a team and it's only one of you? But that's okay. I said I'm here to do a job so I'm going to keep pushing forward. So I decide to go on in, I'm going to check out the slot machine area. As I'm walking around and noticing, it's a lot of old people in here. Ain't these the people we supposed to keep from getting sick from this shit? You worried about grandma and grandpa getting sick from you and COVID. Y'all better worry about grandma and grandpa getting your ass sick since she done opened up these penny slots. Because that was all in there. Wheelchairs, hover rounds. Canes, crutches, I smell Bengay, Gold Bond, <laughs> Preparation H, and Disappointment. Because what nobody hitting shit. Okay, so I'm like, no penny slots for me. Because I did notice a couple of angry old ladies who had taken their mask off and had it hanging off of one ear. That's how you can tell they wasn't winning shit. So I went on ahead and decided to check out the card tables. Mind you, they only have a couple of games open, blackjack and the dice table. Now, at the blackjack table, they got these little partitions that divide the players from the dealer. I'm thinking, great idea. But as I get ready to sit down, I notice that the dealer is touching the cards with her hand, and the players are touching the cards. So now I'm like, well, who the hell, how you sanitize playing cards? 
They sliding the corona back and forth across the carpet and table. That meant no blackjack for me. So now the gambler in me is like, okay, you're going to have to throw some of this caution to the wind and eventually go for the jackpot. You're going to have to play something. So I walked around for a few more as I observed the desolate land of casino and slot machines where people just been sitting looking pissed as hell like they wish they were still shut down. <laughs> and I go on and finally decide to step over to the crap table. As I stepped to the crap table, I noticed that they didn't take out players. What they did was was put up crystal clear partitions like you stepping into the slot of a bank teller. But the only difference is, you know when you step up to this window, you ain't about to do shit but make a deposit because they ain't giving out no withdrawal. <laughs> so I go ahead, go to the ATM where I'm already coming out a loser because I had to get some cash. <laughs> they charge you $5 to damn get your own cash, so you're losing off rip. So I go ahead, take my hundred bucks back to the crap table. I step up into the window and I get ready to shoot me some dice. And as I'm shooting the dice, I'm paying attention to how they trying to keep it clean. The stick handler is wiping the stick down with what look like baby wipes. Then the dice, the supervisor of the table takes the dice and go wash them between each player. So I'm thinking, bet, I'm good. I can get on. I won't catch Corona here. Bullshit. Because as I start thinking about it and noticing, everybody was shooting the dice with no gloves on. So now I'm thinking, well, if somebody is asymptomatic and got Corona and they taking the dice and they shooting with them, the dice is leaving the Corona on the goddamn table. So now I'm sitting up here shooting hot dice that ain't winning me shit. So after about two hours of being immersed and submerged in Corona activity and losing to some money, which I really didn't have to lose in the first goddamn place, I finally had a piss and was ready to go. But I was so goddamn worried about having so much Corona on my hand from the dice table that before I went, when I went in the bathroom, before I pulled my penis out, I took damn near a bath in the sink. I washed my hands all the way up to my shoulders. I ain't playing. Y'all think I'm playing. I'm not laughing because I would hate to give my penis Corona. I don't know exactly how this works. Penis Corona may be different than lung Corona. We don't know. Unanswered questions. But I ain't taking no chances. So I went on ahead, took a mini bath because I didn't want to bring no Corona home. And I was get, as I was getting in the car and catching the Corona infested elevator back down to my parking level, I thought about the six feet that was supposed to be in the casino. They made a little bit of effort to put markers on the floor, to turn off a machine here and there. But the reality is the only six feet they really can practice in the casino is keeping you six feet from your goddamn money. And that's what the hell they did. This was a fun story. Thank God that uh we got some health care and hopefully in uh, 14 days I ain't even got a damn ventilator down my throat. If you're thinking about going to gamble, let me tell you this. Keep your ass at home because the biggest gamble you're going to take is going to be with your life and you're going to fuck around and roll crap on a nasty ass hot Corona table or blackjack table.
Hey, on that note, this your boy, comedian Detroit Red. Keep your ass out the casino. Deuces. <laughs> Good old Red. Oh, he's great. I was worried. Because, like, you know, I mean, he's not the healthiest guy. Yeah. All he's been doing for COVID is driving his Uber, eating. And smoking his weed. <laughs> smoking his weed. <laughs> he was having, uh, helping pack the Coney kits over yeah. the holidays. I mean, three hours into it, the guy was a shell. He was broken. <laughs> his back hurt. My, my, my back hurt. I can't do his voice. That's those entertainers for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's great. Well, at least he gave me the old shot for three hours. Well, you know what I mean? So, but, you know, if if Red, God forbid, had passed away. Oh, jeez. You know, I, I know just the guy to come pick him up. This, oh, what a, that, what a great segue. Thank you. The, <laughs> as long as you have 35 bucks, that was my takeaway. Uh, thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Oh boy. Okay. What does a what does a person get? And usually men. What does a person get to pick up your dead body? You know, somebody has to pick up your dead body from the nursing home, from bucks. the hospital. Yeah. Right. Wherever it is, you have thirty bucks from your bathroom. Did you know, like eighty percent of the people uh, die in the bathroom? Yeah. And seventy percent die naked. Great. So that means the majority of people it's safe to assume die naked in the bathroom. Yeah, like Elvis. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's true. Um, God, man, I'm never taking my clothes off. Then I don't want anyone to see my nude body. Although I just figure, ah, whatever. Yeah. What do I care? I'm dead. You can make fun of my naked body all you want when I'm dead. Well, exactly. The point, kind I of. Like, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't. What care. do I care? Well, you know, I mean, there's the living, and, and I was wondering through COVID, um, who who does pick up these people? Mm-hmm. I mean, like in Calcutta or wherever there's this wave, like in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Sure. Or Detroit. Who does that? Of all the thankless jobs, this one's up there. Yeah, and, and you know, within that, within the job, you get a real idea, a real look into how we are responding to this. And I went with the guy, and we went in the nursing homes. They haven't done jack. Mm-hmm. I just feel I've been lied to, like been patted on the head, and the real work hasn't been done. But this is a like guy. Like a child, yeah. Matt Diazio does the real work and all the people like that out there. So this was probably the most popular it's good. story that I did in 2020. My name is Matt. We're going, picking up a dead body. Use the left two lanes to take Nova. an 18 seat, then merge onto I-6. That's where we're going. COVID. Since March and April... I've had the mindset that everybody I come in contact with has got COVID. And then from our aspect... Matt Diazio is on call from 2 o'clock in the afternoon to 7 o'clock in the morning, cruising the streets of Metro Detroit in his black Ford van, waiting for a call from the police or a hospital or a nursing home to come collect the dead. He makes 30 bucks a body. 30 bucks, the hard way. Oh, the official job, we'd be a funeral director's assistant. Nicknames, go with the body snatcher, dead body hauler. You name it, we'll do it. Bagman? Madman, dead man. Watch out, here comes the guy who's picking up the dead bodies. Watch out. Oh, man, you got a dead body? I'm scared of you now. That's all right. I'm scared of you, too. A dead man is much heavier than he first appears. And in those cases where the bodies have been infected by COVID, an incalculable burden is added on. You just the bag, man. Yeah, 
Yes, sir. Unfortunately. But we don't like using body bags. No? No. What do you use, a stretcher? We got a stretcher and a sheet. And then, seeing that it is a COVID body, we do have a plastic liner that we kind of conceal the whole body into. So, that way, if it's out there, we're not spreading it around too much, but once we get to the funeral home, it's disinfect everything we've touched. What about yourself? Uh, I got the hand sanitizer here. We got other sanitizer. Disinfect my van every day, a couple times a day. Anything I touch gets wiped down with a sanitary cloth and we go from there. All through this pandemic, from Calcutta to Sao Paulo to Detroit, you may have wondered, who collects the dead? They must certainly be the most essential workers of all. Or crazy. Doesn't that worry you? I mean, you're not, not the thinnest guy in the world. Right. Not to me. I got to have a lot of faith going with me. So, if uh, I'm at that point, if the man upstairs wants to take me, he's taking me. It's the way I look at life. So, I can't let it get to me. I'd lose my mind or wouldn't have a job if I let it get to me. Is it in the back of my mind? Absolutely. How many bodies have you picked up in the last nine months due to COVID? I can't even count the number. Probably over five or six hundred myself. Or in the two months, March and April, when it was at its peak or the worst, we were going 18 hour days. I'd get a call at four in the morning. I wouldn't get home till one in the morning. It was nonstop. We arrive in the black van to a drab condominium. Ziazio works in silence. It's a gruesome scene. An old man dead near the door, naked except for the socks, mouth and eyes glued open. When lifted, a gurgling noise wafts from the corpse. All right, thank you. Thank you. Inside the van, there is no wall between the cab and the cargo area, no plexiglass sheet. The van fits two in the front, and two dead in the back. Aren't you worried breathing vapors off of this corpse? Nope. Personally, I'm not. Can it be contracted off of a corpse? If you get too close and swallow any of the fluids, but... But I noticed when you moved him, you made a, a sound, like the gases came out of him. Right. So that could be pushing particles your way. When I had the mask on when they're moving them, when we had them, you always cover the face. Once you cover the face, just like wearing a mask, you know? He's not projecting out the COVID. So you cover his face? You cover uh, the decedent's face. And life goes on in the suburbs? And life goes on. Nobody knows no difference now. Nursing home coming up on the right-hand side. March and April, almost cleared them out. Picked up so many bodies out of there. Every day, we were going there for one or two. Sad to see. Doing this a long time, you see where, like the trends. You know where you're gonna get a call, you know you're gonna be back there. Even walking down the, uh, the hallways, you have the smell of death in the air that you can 
you know, you're going to be coming soon. And hey, people don't even need to tell me room numbers anymore. I can usually guess. Is that right? It's crazy. After dropping the body at the funeral home, Ziazio drives to the crematorium, a mammoth processing plant in the middle of Livonia. He wants me to see. We're said to be in the midst of a second COVID wave. Crematory workers say there's no comparison to the first. We're not seeing the numbers that we did in April. Oh, not in April. No, we're still seeing some, but no. Has no, it gone up a little bit? Increase. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see increase. it more now than we did two months ago. I mean, for two yeah. or three months in the summertime, we might have had four or five total COVID. So, yeah, it is it is coming. But once again, they're all older people that are passing away that are, you see it, 80, 85 years old. They're getting COVID. Where are we going? Storage. These are all bodies ready for cremation. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, no, 10, no, 11. I missed these. 12, 13, 14, 15. One just came in 16. Then they got more in this room over here. Jeremy, a cremation worker, approaches. Are these COVID mostly? Are these mostly COVID? Uh, do you even moment. know? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Um, we've been getting a lot of like, you know, COVID question mark stuff. Like, is it COVID? Is it not? You know, like sometimes I just assume they all are, you know? I mean, that's just... As you're walking around, no gloves, no mask. You know what? Pocket. I took a drink of it back in March, April. Like, was pulling one off the shelf and I took it full right in the face. Uh, unembalmed body, COVID body, and haven't tested positive yet, so... So he shows me, wall to wall, stacked four high, lined up outside the cargo bay doors. It's not like that today, but still, it's busy. Jeremy turns to me and asks, can you tell them about us? Can you tell the public we're working hard, even if they don't know or don't want to know that we exist? I mean, I literally got like PTSD from this shit, to be honest. I mean, I put up with it to an extent, but once you see so much of it, it's like, wow. The day has gone dark now. It's cold outside. Diazio's phone pings, a nursing home run. He doesn't need GPS to find it. So it's just the same funeral. I mean, it's just the same nursing home. It's just they're calling one side COVID. Yep. I wonder what, how they separate them. They don't. That's what I said. That side, nobody that's gotten tested or whatever, they'll, they're all negative. They'll put all the positives in one room. They'll pack up all their little shit and move them to an empty room on the COVID side. So it's still an open building. Still open. They're still using the same circulatory air, everything in there. The whole HVAC system's coming from one place. Is there a barrier? No. Huh? No. No barrier? No. That's the shit you see. That's... I thought the state required them to fix that. Man, yeah, they don't do none of that shit. That's just for us in the public, you see. Yeah. Wow. You got a pair of rubber gloves on? Oh, yeah. Wow. I noticed I've been saying that a lot tonight. 
Wow. Ask me anything about COVID data, COVID graphs, governmental double talk, and I can quote it. The government claims we put protocols in place to secure the nursing homes from the virus. This place is nicer than most, but still, the entrance is the same for everybody. One side serves as a COVID ward, the other side for the uninfected. Nothing divides the two that I can see. Looking down at the old body now, the only word that comes to me is, wow, just wow. God damn, wow. Ziazio wraps the old man in his bed sheet, and then he and I lift him onto the gurney and wrap him in plastic, and then a blanket, and finally we strap him in. We leave through the fire door, and I can't help but admire the dedication of the nursing staff. Merry Christmas. Thank you. He was heavier than he looked. Oh, they always are. Always. We take his body to a funeral home in a small town a few miles away. The back roads are empty and covered in a thin blanket of fog. So you're driving around with a COVID corpse? Yep. And you're not wearing any mask or anything? No, sir. What's the matter with you? You know what? It's at the point. Arriving at the funeral home now, our corpse collector lets himself in the back door by way of a key left under a mat. He uplifts the body onto the embalming table, then adjusts it to a dignified repose, head propped up, arms across the chest. Tiazio covers him and then shows himself out. And the key back under the mat. At the end of the day. And now you smoke a cigar. Yeah. Why is that? Hide the stink and celebrate life. Hopefully they got it better on the afterlife than they did on this life. You dropped that on the ground. Yeah, I landed over here. In a COVID van. You gonna smoke that? No, I just put it there. I'll cut a new one. You're gonna smoke that? No, sir. Yes, you are. No, sir. You just put it in the, the ashtray. That's why I don't forget it, because I don't want it to get wet and end up everywhere. Yeah, but then you're gonna put your other cigar in there. I gotta throw it out the window. You were just walking all over a nursing home with a COVID guy in there. Yeah. I ain't gonna smoke it. Well, now it, 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 it touched the ground, and now you you just put it in the ashtray, and it... <laughs> Worst bunch of sick fucks. <laughs> uh, what was that? Is that Mannequin? Mannequin, are you all right? Mannequin? <laughs> I'm serious, dude. Are you okay, Joe? All good. Okay. Yep, sorry. Oh, shit. <laughs> Something's wrong. He spoke. 
hey, it's a new year. What do you expect? Remember when his eyeballs were exploding and stuff? I can't keep all this stuff. This is like, you know, again, he's like this 30th frailest guy I've ever seen. Yes, that's, you know a, great, that's a great description. He looks like this all-American, <laughs> rugged 30-something-year-old with like he's just melting inside. I love him. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> God bless him. Don't put thoughts in his head. Now he's going to be like, I'm, I'm becoming unpacked. I'm becoming unpacked. I feel it. Something just snapped. I'm becoming unpacked. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, it's time, uh, you know, for the cliche part of the show where you play all the anxiety, but when you play Lou Rawls. This might be the coolest version we found. Yeah, there's no cliche about this. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Remember, it'll get better. Yeah. It's got to. Yeah, just be nice, man. Oh, yeah, right? Very pretty simple way of life. That is one we forgot to talk about, the death of just being cool in 2020. Yeah. Whatever happened to being cool to each other? I don't know. Too many people are all up in too many other people's business and bullshit. And social media is just uncorked people. Uh, On that note, Happy New Year. Yeah, look, make a resolution here. Number one, looking to refine your house. Number two, (laughs) try not just dumping crap on me when I wake up and I open up Facebook and I, you're a loser! Yeah. That one would be cool. Because I I think you're all pretty cool. Alright? Try to love one another. Happy New Year. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind Should old acquaintance be Forgot and days of old anxiety for old anxiety, my dear, for old anxiety, we'll take a cup of kindness yet. For for my dear, for we'll take a cup of kindness yet. For a happy holiday season to each and every one. From Lou and the crew, yeah, buddy. <laughs>